everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. I would also like to recommend Stitcher Premium if you're a fan of podcasts. If you like true crime or crime fiction, there are loads of podcasts out there for you. And with Stitcher Premium, you can listen to the exclusive archives from Criminology or bonus episodes from True Crime Garage. You can also listen ad-free to episodes of your favorite podcasts. I've subscribed, and for only $4.99 a month, it's nice to have ad-free entertainment. Just go to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code CRIMECAFE, that's one word, all caps, to try it out. Absolutely free for a month. Hi, everybody. My guest today writes mystery and suspense novels. Her latest novel and her giveaway book is Bar None from the Murder on the Rocks mystery series. A board member of Sisters in Crime, New York Tri-State, MWA, and the International Thriller Writers. She's also a founding member of Sirens of Suspense, a group that that offers expertise and knowledge for aspiring crime writers. I'm pleased to have with me again, Kathy Stoller. Hi, Kathy. It's great to have you on. Hi, Debbie. It's great to be here. I'm so glad. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Believe me. And I'm just glad you're here and uh, doing well, I hope, in New York. Yeah, you know, I mean, like everyone else, it's just been a little... (laughs) Been a little (laughs) off-putting. Yeah, (laughs) even just going outside, there's not the usual energy or... You know, you feel it after a while. I'm sure you know what I mean. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a strange times overall. <laughs> um, tell us a little about uh, Jude Delane. Am I saying that correctly? Jude yeah, Delane right. and yep. the Murder on the Rock series. Well, uh, Jude owns the uh, Corner Lounge on 10th Street and Avenue B on the Lower East Side. She um, <coughs> gets seems to have a penchant for getting in trouble and involved in murders and mysteries. Um, there's three books in the series. The one that was both a Bar None and Last Call came out pretty close together uh, the end of last year, one in July and one in November. So the, I'm working on the third one. It's called Straight Up and it will continue that character and will also continue uh, part of the story from Last Call. But um, she has a good pal, uh, Sully Thomas, Thomas Sully Sullivan. He's her landlord and her friend. She has good friends from her bar, and they will sort of work together and help each other. So, uh, so there, 
So there are three books in the series so far, but you're working on the okay. next one? I'm working on the third one. I'm almost finished with that. And then there will probably be a fourth. Gotcha. Okay. So what's the uh, third one called again? The third one is called Straight Up. Um, a Murder on the Rocks Mystery. So they all have that tagline, same tagline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to write about a mystery series set in the bar? Well, my husband was in the restaurant business for many, many years before he left uh, that business. And I used to go visit him. He always worked close to where we lived and I would visit him at the bar. I got to know all the people, the waiters, the waitresses, the cooks, and you know, the other staff. And it was just fun. You know, it was a fun kind of an environment. And he always said, Oh, he thought maybe he'd write a book someday, but I knew he was not going to really do that. So I just stole <laughs> his idea. Um, no murders ever took place at the bars where he worked or anyone um, involved in any. So, but your fun. your husband's uh, work basically inspired it. Yes, yes. Well, from you... going there, <laughs> his particular. I understand. <laughs> Just the kind of like the vibe of, of the bar scene, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Everybody got to be like family, which mm -hmm. is what I was trying to sort of convey in the in these books that, you know, Jude and her bartenders and her friends and her customers, the close ones, they uh, they all get to know each other and be like family. That's really cool. Um would you say your mysteries tend to lean more toward cozy or more snarky or more edgy? How would you describe them? <laughs> well, she's a very snarky character. Um, <laughs> that's part of her character. And she, um, but I don't see them as cozy, although I think people, some people think they are, like go halfway towards cozy. I see them more as just, you know, um, mystery suspense stories, really. They're not, mm -hmm. these are not thrilling. But um, yes, and there's a lot of snark going, going on. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, the bar scene as a family. That yeah, seems to be a kind of a good theme for settings in which a lot of people play a part. Yes, because I mean, honestly, I don't know how they are now because, well, besides everything being closed this last year, but um, it was like that wherever Paul worked. Um, we had, you know, close ties with some of the people that worked there. So it was nice. It was a nice environment. I used to, we used to bring our daughter there from when she was a baby to one of the places and she had a couple of play dates there and I would think, oh my God. <laughs> The mother is never going to let my daughter play with her kid again, you know, early <laughs> temples or something. And so it was, a, cool. you know, it was a good environment. It wasn't a bad environment. Exactly. Um, how would they compare to, say, tone-wise with the Laurel and Helen New York mysteries? I saw those listed and all I could think of was Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> well, um, these mysteries, the new ones are written in the first person. So every, everything we see is through Jude's point of view and through her 
attitude. Um, Helen and Laurel, uh, Helen was a, is a PI and Laurel is a magazine editor and they kind of, there's, that's all in third person. So they're giving you an overview of the whole story from both of their perspectives, but I have them kind of in alternating chapters. So first it's one, then it's the other one. And that's how they solve the puzzle of the crimes that they are investigating. But those are out of print, unfortunately, right now I have to um, figure out what I want to do with them. So. Well, you can always self-publish them. I can, I'm thinking of that. I, I may use one of those services to uh, format them and then self-publish them. Hmm. Um, let's see, how do you choose which one to work on in terms of, you have like out of sight and another one with Nick and- Oh his, yeah, and his pal, yeah, Marina. Yeah. Um, I'm really not gonna do any more of those. Um, I wrote a novella and then I wrote a novel and uh, that was really fun because he's a different kind of character as well. He's a professional gambler, you know, sort of suave and cool, but he's like, gets confused sometimes <laughs> of that, like what's really going on, although he's very smart and he helps to solve the crime. But um, I think I'm gonna leave those alone for a while and try to figure out what to do with those two books too. One is, one has been out of print, the other one is still in print, but I don't know what I wanna do about them at the moment. I'm gonna continue with this series to finish the third book. And then um, the fourth one, I'm, I'm, I was going to have a, I had a plot in mind, but I'm not sure that's going to be the plot. I might call that Whiskey Soured um, as the mm. title. It depends on what I decide to write for it. Interesting. So they'll all have a four theme, you know, title going across. Just so you know, Joe Conrath did one called Whiskey Sour. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. It's an it's an older title, but yes, Joe Conrath, Whiskey Sour is his, his uh, protagonist is I believe it's Jack Daniels is the name her name, <laughs> Jacqueline <so>. Daniels. <laughs> anyway, a shout out to Joe Conrath there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, she writes really exciting stuff too. Um, Let's see, um, how did you decide which perspective to tell your stories from in each case? Well, because I wanted to, in the, in the Laurel and Helen mysteries, I wanted to use two people. I thought that would be an interesting way. I had, I had this idea about a female detective. I had seen an article a very long time ago about this woman who liked to go undercover and wear all these crazy disguises. And I thought, oh, that would be like a fun detective to write. And then I thought, well, what if she gets involved with this other person who she knows, but she's a magazine editor and they work together. So that, that kind of came about that way. But um, for these books, I just thought the first person a more uh, intimate kind of view would be better. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to change the fourth one to be third person. It's it's going to stay in the first person all the way through. And they're diff very different kinds of characters. Sounds like it. Yeah. Do you plan out the number of books you 
want to write for a series or are you just taking it book by book? I'm take right now I'm taking it book to book. The other series was three. And I thought that was good for that. It was um I was exploring some ideas that uh, I like to write about things that are current or sort of the rip from the headlines uh, stories. So in those three books, I looked into um, the mob and hidden identity and um, repatriated Nazi art, stolen Nazi art and a diamond smuggler. So those are three kind of things that are, I mean, the art thing is still going on now. It's out there, but um, these books were more of um, fantasy kind of matter. They're not fantasy, but in my head, they were more of a fantasy kind of thing. I, I was, they're still, you know, well, this, the story in Last Call is um, about a New Year's Eve, um, a killer who strikes on New Year's morning. And that's Jude finds his body in her dumpster and she recognizes it and it's the uh, younger brother of her customer and neighbor. And she's devastated and she starts to investigate and then she finds out that the killer might be someone who's actually close to home. But that actually happened in New York long time ago at Times Square, a big, you know, strapping blonde, blue-eyed young man from Norway or someplace like that. I don't remember where he was from disappeared. He just disappeared out of that throng of, you know, how many people are there on New Year's Eve. So I always thought that would be a good, a good story. Yeah, so. definitely. Wow. And I can't help but notice it took place on New Year's Eve 1999. And I thought, wow, remember when Y2K was our biggest concern? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's the, that's the first, that's like sort of the prologue chapter. And um, then it's gonna, then the, the rest starts on New Year's Eve in um, 2018. I decided not to do it on 2019 because there's no restaurants now. So <laughs> I kept it in the same year as the, the first book. I thought, I just don't wanna have to be explaining about a pandemic and it just wasn't going to work. The, the restaurant needed to be up and running and open. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. Well, actually, yes. Yeah, Y2K. I mentioned that in the prologue too. Everybody mm -hmm. was so nervous that uh, everything was going to just fail. I remember when I, I was working then, and um, some people had to go into the office to be there in case there was a problem. Yeah. Wow. I'll never forget that. I mean, I think we went out that night even, and um, it's like, okay, nothing happened. Okay, we're cool. <laughs> Very um, unusual times, getting us prepared for more unusual times, I guess. Yeah. Would you That's consider yourself? Mm -hmm. That's how rumors get started, right? That something <laughs> was gonna happen. <laughs> it was a harbinger. <laughs> What's yes. to come? Oh, Lord. Um, would you call yourself a plotter or pantser? No, I'm definitely a pantser. Really? Wow. Writing, I was just writing something for Sirens of Suspense. We're going to be doing a, um, well, hopefully a bunch of them, but we're, we're doing like a program on Zoom for one of the libraries in Westchester. And we, 
three, there's three of us and we're each taking a section. So I was talking about the elements that go into a, a crime novel and that I am a pantser because I like to add things as I go that, ooh, you know, this could make it more interesting. Or I did that in, in um, the book I'm working on now. Um, there's a character who do encounters, which I hadn't really thought about until I thought, now let's see, she's gonna go do this. Oh, and then it was sort of came to me. And also I think just for me, it makes it a little more interesting I can add, I can have subplots, you know, I don't, I suppose if you're a plotter, you can still, you know, change things as you go, but I've never really written that way. I kind of know, the, I always know the beginning and I always have kind of an idea where the, how it's going to end. So, I yeah, that, writing. that's kind of, yeah. I'm more of a plotter, but I always feel like it's more like a guideline. It's not like okay, everything is set in stone now and I'm just going to write it. You know, it's not really the way it works for me. No. I mean, I change things as I go as well, too. I mean, I think a lot of people do that, so. I think you kind of have to, because I think after a while, the characters just kind of start talking back at you and saying, no, this is what you got to do. Something like that. I said like that, that in the presentation, too. Like, they talk to you. They tell you, I don't really want to go to that place. I want to do this instead. This is totally inconsistent with my character. I have to do this. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm interested in um, Sirens of Suspense. You're doing this uh, event for a, a local library? Yeah, we're, we have, um, we put the, there are three of us. There's Dawn Barkley, she writes as DM Bar, Lori Robbins and myself, we're all members of Sisters in Crime. And that's how we know each other. We know each other a while. And we thought because of the pandemic and everything that's going on, people aren't getting out, you know. So we contacted a bunch of libraries and we have some bookings. We have a, a booking at a bookstore to actually sell our books, which would be nice. That's and, fantastic. Um, an interview with um, a columnist from the New York Post. And we had an article in the Post on January 2nd. So we got some replies from that for people who are interested and we're basically going to talk about you know what you need to do and Dawn is going to talk about more of the uh, resources that are available that or that people should look into. Lori was going to talk about genres and a few other things and I was talking about the elements that go into into a novel. So we hope you know it'll be I mean we're not charging for this or anything we're just doing it because we think it would be a good thing to do really well, that's wonderful that's absolutely wonderful um when did, was the group founded the sirens of suspense it's like uh two months ago we just decided to do it a couple of months i mean it's brand new that's and great we started, we started writing to people you know to see if we could get articles about us or or bookings explaining what we wanted to do and um I think we have five or six already so oh my gosh good. well i'm inspired by what you've done that's that's fantastic um okay. and anybody from around the world can tune into what you're doing exactly right that's wonderful um let's see 
where can people access your sirens of suspense material? Well, right now, right now, um, we have a a page on uh, DM Bar's website because we don't have our own website up yet. But if they go there, um, there's a separate page with sirens of suspense that explains what who we are, what we're doing, and if they're interested in. Um, as having a presentation, uh, giving a presentation to their group. You know, we were thinking of like libraries, women's groups, um, reading groups, um, nursing homes or, or care homes, things like that, where people really have been stuck for all this time and people who like to read. So we have a variety of programs we can offer. We're gonna do another one about um, using your memories that, not writing a memoir, but writing fiction with it and how to fictionalize that. And um, anyone, you know, if they have something special they want us to talk about, they they can ask us and we would do that. So. Well, it sounds like a wonderful program. Um, I'll, send you, um, I'll send you the link. So you could just take a look at it if you're interested in looking at it. That would be fantastic. Thank you. And um, I will share it on the, on the blog also um, okay. <laughs> that goes with this uh, podcast. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Um, no, unless you have any other specific questions. Oh, let's see. How are things in New York generally right now? Uh, well, you know, it's just like we were just talking about it a little while ago. Besides all the horrible things that happened this week, which are not happening, they're happening closer to you, really. Yeah. But uh, it's just like our the restaurants we like are not going to be, I mean, not that we would be going now, honestly. You know, we did have like a few drinks outside over the summer, but we haven't been in any place. But several of them have closed. The dry cleaners closed. You know, all these little stores are closing and it's, it's sad, really. It's very sad. And people just don't seem to have any energy left. It's been such a long time. And mm. I'm hoping that we're going to get the vaccine soon because it's kind of been slow here in distributing it. So the governor is getting annoyed at the hospitals and the mayor is getting annoyed at the governor. And that doesn't help. We need to just get the vaccine to people. Yeah, that's a big issue right now. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to thank you for your time, Kathy. I appreciate oh, it so fun. much. Thank you and for having me. It's fun to do this. So thank you. Well, thank you. And um, do check out people. Check out Sirens of Suspense and Kathy's website. Uh, your website is what then? Oh, it's my website is um, kathystoller.com, www.kathystoller.com. The website for Sirens of Suspense is um, dmbar.com, but I'll send it to you because I'm not, it's it's on a separate page of her website until we get our own. Well, very good. That's excellent. I think that's a great thing you're doing. Um, I hope so. I mean, it's kind of be fun, but I hope it's, you know, Hope people find it interesting. Yeah, well, you have to try to get out there any way you can. It's it's tough right now. Um, 
don't forget that uh, Kathy is also doing a giveaway of bar none. And um, you can find the details in uh, last Friday's blog post. Um, also, by the time this goes up on YouTube, the special offer on Patreon will be up and running. Uh, don't miss the chance, just, just a question for my guests on this show. We want to know what you want to know about crime writing and the authors. Uh, go to my website, debbiemack.com, and look for the Crime Cafe link so you can access the Patreon page there. And with that, I'll just say I'll see you in two weeks when our next guest will be James H. Roby. In the meantime, happy reading.